0: Hey, what's up everybody? You are listening to the greatest show on Dirt. Thanks again for checking out the show and you are about to listen to part 2 with Kyle from Cub's Life. Thanks for listening. What's up everybody? You are listening to the greatest show on Dirt, and we I just couldn't help myself. I had to bring Kyle back from Cub's Life for the second part of it because we are basically best friends. There hasn't been a better duo in all of baseball since maybe you know you could talk Stanton and Judge, Rose and Bench, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. At this point you got Quentin and Kyle. So what's up Kyle? I'm glad to have you back man. How's it going?
1: Hey thanks for having me back. It's going good. It's going good on this Sunday. A lot of Cubs news. A lot of Cubs
0: news. There's even more Cubs news and that's a lot of the reason why we're back for a second half of this because as soon as we finished recording um, me and Kyle have messaged back and forth and said, hey, we have so much more to cover because you've got some yep. Manny Machado business cooking up, some you Darvish business coming up, and I think we have to jump right into the Manny Machado stuff. Um, Jesse Rogers wrote a piece on ESPN.com a couple days ago about how the Cubs should go ahead and move Addison Russell for Manny Machado. So first, Kyle, I want to get your opinion on this because I know you are Cubs 24-7. What do you think about <laughs> – a potential Addy Russell for Manny Machado type deal.
1: Yeah. So like you said, there were some reports out there that the Cubs may be connected to Machado somehow, some way. Obviously he has one year left on his contract. It would be a rental player. He wants to play shortstop moving forward. So, you know, Cubs Twitter, and just like Jesse Rogers, they proposed the Addison Russell for Manny Machado trade. And now look, you got one year Manny Machado versus the four years of Addison Russell. In my mind, if the trade there, you got to take it. But, I think you've pretty much seen what Addison Russell is capable of. You know, you got a below-average bat. He's very clutch, though, don't get me wrong. He's a great defender, locks down shortstop. But if you have that option of adding another superstar just like Machado to your everyday lineup to go along with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez, you do it in a heartbeat. And it probably wouldn't be straight up. You might have to include some minor leaguers that, you know, are kind of irrelevant at this time, but they would help the Orioles moving forward because by trading Machado, you know, that pretty much says, hey, look, we're going full rebuild mode. Um, But now after 2017, Machado could go both ways if the Cubs do sign up. You know, he could one dip into free agency, see how that market's like. It's going to be a good class in, you know, 2017, 2018. Or he could love being a Cub. The fans, the culture that's centered around Joe Madden, and, you know, want that extension to play with the Cubs moving forward. In that case, you resign them. But there's always option two. You move over to Javier Bias, the shortstop, which he came up as. You know, he came up as that and then he moved to second base because Addison Russell, but then he moved Ian Happ to second base with Zobrist being his backup. You take a little blow on defense in 2019 without Russell and his defensive run save. But then at that point you go full in on Bryce Harper if they aren't already. So for me, I think you take it in a heartbeat, 12, 13 million, somewhere in that ballpark. I think Machado is, you know, old this year, but for Theo's sake, it doesn't make much sense. So I don't see this deal getting done as much as I'd like it. I know a lot of fans would like it. I know I did a Twitter poll and I think it was like sixty to forty percent, sixty no, forty yes. So, you know, I personally I like this trade. Obviously you add you know, you add that superstar to the lineup to give that cushion to Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, Contreras, but you know, you lose you lose Addison Russell those four years, but we still have backups, but for Theo's sake, it doesn't make much sense to make this trade.
0: Now let me ask you this though. If you lose Addison Russell in a trade so a lot of people on Twitter a lot of writers will say that this move would be stupid because you're giving up four years of Addison Russell and this is a guy who at one point um, as a prospect was rated higher than both Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa so like that potential's there but you ran into injury problems in 2017 some personal issues in 2017 he's going to turn 24 this January so you've got a young guy who's went through stuff and and it wouldn't be crazy if someone told me that they believed Addison Russell would bounce back and be the player that we always thought he would be. That wouldn't blow me out of the water with like, Oh, hot take absolutely. alert because I think it could happen. But absolutely, yeah, but your worst case scenario with this trade is if everything goes bad, as bad as it gets, you give up four years of Addy for one year, of Manny Machado. Now, before jumping into what 2018 could look like as a season, a Manny Machado move could be comparable to an Aroldis Chapman move to where you give yep. up a lot of control of a really young guy, but you end up inserting a piece in the lineup. And you said it best when you were like, you have a lineup where you have to get through Machado, Chris Bryant. Both of those guys alone are seven-win players who are phenomenal on defense and offense. And then you have to get through um, Anthony Rizzo, That addition right there, even if it plays out worst-case scenario, you give your team a chance to win right now. Because if you're going to go up and make the World Series, and there's a pretty decent chance you could face a Yankees team that's going to be able to put out some offense, it's not a crazy move to do it. But then on top of that, I do not think it's the worst thing in the world to put Javi at short and to put Ian Happ at second. because. I, I believe Ian Happ is a player. He plays with, like, such fire, and you can watch it. He like, does. when he strikes out or, like, misses a play and he's just mad at himself. <laughs> I don't know if there are guys that play as hard as he does. I feel like if you put him at second and moved Javi at short, Theo and Co. can absolutely afford to make this trade because if it goes south, you can shift those guys over, like you said, and you run into a pretty yeah. good scenario.
1: yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like you said, it's not the worst ideal. It's not the worst, uh, you know, worst case scenario. We still have options. And if so you if you look at it, if you compare Javier Baez and Ian Happ on offense compared to Javier Baez and Addison Russell, the the strong suit and pair right there is at or Javier Baez and Ian Happ right yeah. there. But I mean, you do take a little blow on defense, but you know, and, and and adding Machado to this lineup, he's like you said, he's like a seven win player, and that yeah. could be the difference. in you know, winning it all and winning it not and, you know, making the playoffs, we don't know yet. You know, time time will tell. But if it's there, man, I, I, think, they, I think they get it.
0: Now, let me ask you this. I feel like, and I've, I read this somewhere, but I think the Orioles would be more likely to bite if the Cubs, yep. because obviously Peter Angelos, he would more likely to bite on an NL team who's a contender because his big concern is, is Manny Machado not coming back to the AL East. More specifically, yeah. not being a Yankee. Yeah. Let me ask your opinion on this. If if Theo and Peter Angelos were to come together and talk, and Mike Montgomery was requested in this trade, because we know Mike wants to start, and we at this point we don't know where the Cubs are at on that. If... Yeah. It's on the table, and you have to give up Mike Montgomery, who's a guy that I think last year threw 130 innings, started about 14 games, a low three earner on average, even one time took a no-hitter into the six, right? We know this guy can pitch, and he's also under team control, I think, through 2022, up for arbitration in 2019. Is that a move you would make? Man, that's
1: something that might be a little too much for a rental player because, in reality, we don't need Machado just like the Yankees didn't need Stanton, but they got, him, you know, to better their lineup. But do we need Machado? We don't need Machado, but would it be nice? Yeah. But don't give up too much for a guy, for that, type, uh, for a rental player. Montgomery is a valuable piece, piece, not only, you know, to the bullpen, the starting rotation, but to the dugout as well. He, I've heard nothing but good things about him. So like when he came out earlier this week and said that, you know, I want to be a starter, it was very uncharacterized, but it was, you know, a move he has to make going on forward in his career if he wants to make that role. So, you know, that might be a little too much for me if I, if I have to make the deal, I'm adding Montgomery in there. But, like you said, it does help the Cubs that. The Cubs aren't in the AL, one. They pretty much wouldn't trade them to the Yankees. I mean, I don't see that going because the Cubs are contending this year mm-hmm. and for years to come. So, that's definitely a plus on their side. So, who knows? Um, right now, just like all free agency, it's been a blur. Uh, no really big signings this off season. that's due to Scott Boris, really, you know, making sure his players get that X amount of dollars. So who knows, man? I'm, uh, I'm really torn on this. I'm really torn on
0: this. Yeah, I am as well because I could see it because I know the Cubs are shopping a little bit for you, Darvish, which we'll talk about here in a second. And if that's Absolutely. a move they're going to make anyway, I know when you get rid of Addison Russell, you avoid his 2018 arbitration pay, which I think could help you for your 2019 goals of Bryce Harper. But then again, you can't always play for the future. You have to play for now. But with getting into U Darvish, and I know we spoke about this, I think the very first podcast we did together, we possibly spoke about you Darvish and Jake Arrieta being the top two guys on... Um, for free agency for starting pitching so let me ask you this you darvish we all know had a bad world series he had two outings i think total he pitched maybe three and two thirds gave up eight runs we're cups i, I mean you I'm both
1: yep.
0: how do you look at that signing if you cubs fans if theo signs him or like they're in heavy talks to do it how do you feel about that is it a horrible idea or are you behind it
1: no, I'm behind it. Um, I think basing someone off of two World Series starts is, you know, a very poor judgment. Uh, but definitely, that's a factor going into it. I think, but not something, uh, you know, that's going to make or break the deal. That's why a lot of teams are interested in Jake Arrieta, like the Nationals, because he's, and that's what Scott Boras says he's going to get that 200 mil or wants that 200 mil because you know he has the playoff resume. Um, obviously, you Darvish was. His World Series stint did not go as well as he wanted to. He started that World Series game seven, you know, totally laid an egg. But um definitely I don't think it should I don't think it should affect his market as much, you know. I that that's just me personally.
0: Well, I can tell you this. My opinion on you, Darvish, with those two starts that he had in the World Series, I don't even think about him. And I think I don't think yeah, about him for two absolutely. reasons. Number one I know him and Ken Giles both were two pitchers that played in the World Series. Ken Giles, the closer for the Houston Astros. They they both suffered. Their sliders went down the toilet. And that was around the time everyone was complaining about the baseballs were significantly different in the World Series. Now, I know this is probably, I don't know if it's true or not, but I do know this. Even coaches and players themselves were complaining about the baseballs. And pitchers that were heavily reliant on their slider their stats went down. Do you buy that the baseballs were different in the world series?
1: Ah, man, I have no idea. It's a, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Um, not really too educated in that part, but I do think that, uh, I think we're just getting more, more analytics and more analysis with technology and pictures are finding a way to hit the pitchers. There's so much that goes into, you know, the scouting and everything else. So, I just think we're, we're getting into the era where we have a bunch of sluggers coming up, and that's just due to technology.
0: Yeah, I mean, guys are training different, too. You know, they're training, like, in launch angle. I mean, the poster child for that, I feel like, is you've got Chris Taylor and Daniel Murphy, and these are both guys that, like, came out of nowhere to, like, hit for power, put the ball in the air, and stats yeah. just completely up there, you know, and you see a lot of that for sure. But I couldn't help just at least make a note of that when I think of you, Darvish's starts, because... Yeah. I believe it was Tom Verducci, maybe, that published that article to where, like, coaches and pitchers, everyone, they were saying, like, well, these things are just so much slicker and they're completely different. I think you even heard complaints from Justin Verlander, which I almost trust that more than any player because he didn't necessarily pitch bad in the World Right. Series, but he had mentioned that he was signing baseballs for fans and could barely get the marker to sign and He's like, oh, this is weird. Um, but the second reason why I feel like you, Darvish – would really pitch well in Chicago is I read an article and this was a quote from you Darvish that he said a big adjustment he had to make when he came to Major League Baseball was when he pitched for the ham fighters he would make his own plan so it would just be up to him no one would tell him what to do he would get ready and go out and pitch and it would be all on him he could do what he wanted and he said one of the biggest adjustments when he came to Major League Baseball was that the pitching coaches wanted to be in his business they wanted to tell him what to do they were super hands-on And he said that that was a really big adjustment because he felt like maybe he couldn't pitch his game like he used to. And it's for that reason right there, more than anything, that I feel like when he comes to Chicago, if he comes to Chicago, that he can really flourish in this environment where you've got Joe Madden and company that really let players just be themselves. And I wrote an article on this maybe three weeks ago, and I really feel if you Darvish gets with the team and the coaches let him pitch his game and how he wants to, that he could win a Cy Young in 2018. And I really believe that, especially if he's a Cub. I feel like there wouldn't be a better environment in all of Major League Baseball than to him come... And play for Joe Madden, which is a coach that embraces his players' natural abilities, whether it's the wild swinging, wild throwing Javi Baez or what, he really encourages players to be themselves because he feels like when you're yourself, that's how you're going to get the best out of the player. So I love the Yu Darvish move. And if they can do it, I know it might cost them, but I think it would be worth it just because he's got six really yeah. dangerous pitches. And if he can come out there and just enjoy the game of baseball, I think you'll see a different guy.
1: Absolutely, man. I, you spoke on that Joe Madden thing, like,
0: to a T. It's,
1: it's not even just, you know, coming over here in the winning culture. It's, it's the coaches, you know, letting them feel as though they have the right to do what they want and just, you know, connecting with him on a personal level. And if the Cubs can pull him in, that would be one heck of a rotation. you got Lester, Darvish, Hendricks, Quintana, and the newcomer Tyler Chatwood. I'm buying that stock in a heartbeat. Now, I mean, do the Cubs realistically pull this off? Like, we have no idea at this point. It seems as though Theo has something up his sleeve. I know there's been a lot of reports, including uh, Bob uh, Nightingale this morning. He said that the Cubs are still looking for the frontline starter, pretty much kicking the tires on everyone on the market, but the price for each are a bit high. That and that goes to my next point. Uh, Wonder how much you know his camp is going to want upwards towards two hundred million, like you know Arietta wants, or settle somewhere at one twenty, one forty. I mean, he's going to be thirty-one next year, so who knows? But like you said, he his ability and his ceiling is so high, and coming over here and playing for Chicago, Joe Madden, the culture, Jim Hickey, it would only help his cost. So um, I feel like Theo has something up his sleeve, but um, it's only time will tell. Time will tell.
0: We'll see for sure, because any prediction we make, I mean, I've been making trade and signing predictions the whole entire MLB hot stove, and I've been, like, up at night till 2 a.m., losing my mind, not getting anything done right. I mean, does that happen in your day? Like, are you just losing your mind over what's happening or what?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I find myself, you know, just randomly checking in through the day, just refreshing Twitter
0: feeds (laughs) while
1: I'm at work. I told my roommates, I'm like, yo, dude, I have, like, Ten, you know, MLB analysts and you know reporters like notifications to my phone. I'm not going to miss a beat. Oh, check yeah. my phone five minutes. Check my phone five minutes later. I see that you know the Cubs just signed three relievers and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I just I got to keep up the beat. And it's been an exciting. I mean, it, as born as it is, it's been an exciting offseason. I mean, we have we've had the the Ohtani news. We have never seen a player like that. You know, we have we have a good class this year, and next year it's only going to be better. And next year Bryce Harper to the Cubs you're thinking so because i am i'm fully invested and that's another conversation we can have later down the road but yeah it's been exciting
0: we have to for sure like i'm telling you like me and you might have just become best friends and next season bryce harper and chris bryant we already know they're best friends (laughs) get those guys playing together and you're just gonna have a blast i cannot wait now i guess we'll go well shoot what else do you think you want to jump into we've kind of went over you darvish and manny machado what else do you think you have
1: uh, really? I mean, that's that's basically the two the two biggest news coming out recently is the Machado and Udarbish. And after that, I mean, it's just all up to Theo see, see what uh, see, see what he does, see what he has up his sleeve, and uh, see what moves gets made. So, so that's what no. we'll do.
0: Well, Kyle, thanks for coming to get on the show. We'll do this probably hey. again in a couple days. Again, you can find Kyle on Twitter at Cubs underscore Live. And now you can also find him on Facebook, which is a link we will uh, share with everybody as well. But again, thanks for listening to the greatest show on dirt. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show. We really appreciate you sticking around and letting us talk some baseball to you. Um, be sure to check out Kyle at Cubs underscore live. You can find him on Twitter for all things Cubs. And be sure to check out part three right after this with my buddy John Roberts. You can also find him on Twitter at HeyTweetJohn, a ton of phenomenal baseball insight. So thanks again for listening and be sure to check out part three.